Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Tread Talks. Today's topic has me excited, baby. I have been talking about recording this episode for a few months now, and I've been putting question boxes up on my Instagram stories so that y'all could ask any questions that you had about this topic. So today we are going to be discussing influencers, and I am going to be giving you all of the tea about how we make money, how brand deals work, are our lives really what they look like online, brand deals, management, lifestyle, commission codes. I'm going to answer all the questions that I got in my question boxes and I'm really going to be straight up with you guys. I'm, you know, you know I don't hold back. So I'm going to be spilling the tea here and if you've ever considered getting into the influencer space or if you've ever just wondered how the heck do these people that I follow make money then this is going to be the episode that you want to listen to. I promise I'm going to keep it 100% real. I'm not going to be beating around the bush on any of the answers. So let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by You Can Beam or Beam, aka the supplement company that I have been working for for almost a year now. You guys know I use Beam all the time. I personally use the pre-workout a lot and the protein. I use the greens, but they're all sold out. I'll keep you guys updated. I haven't been posting about the greens at all, even though I use them all the time because I don't want to post about them because you guys can't get them because they're sold out. But when those come back in stock, I'm going to let you guys know, but today Beam is presenting this episode. They're sponsoring this episode for us, and if you have ever considered trying supplements or getting into, I don't know, a little pre-workout caffeine boost phase or just needing to increase your protein, check out Beam. Use my code DEFINING. It saves you 10%, and if you have any questions about supplements or anything in the future, just DM me and I will answer them for you, and I promise... I promise, you can trust Beam, you can trust the product, you can trust the ingredients in the product a lot more than some of the other brands on the market. And I will leave it at that. So code defining for 10% off. Thank you, Beam, for being today's presenting sponsor. episode is going to be kind of question and answer style. I have a list of questions up in front of me and I'm going to read the question and then answer it based on my knowledge, my experience, everything. So I do want to put that disclaimer out there. A lot of influencers have different answers to the questions than what I would tell you. I'm going to be giving you the most transparent answer that I can from my perspective based on my experience, my peers' experiences, and all the info that I personally know. So, question number one from one of the question boxes was, do influencers actually get sent a bunch of free clothes slash protein all the time? Yes. 
if you have a following online, you can DM almost any brand and they will send you PR, which is like public relations. That's what PR stands for. But basically, it's a package that they send you with hopes that you will post about it. And I talked about this recently on my Instagram story and on my Snapchat. I have really, really cut off a lot of the people that used to send me PR. And when I started my accounts, I was obsessed with the idea of getting PR, of getting these free clothing, free items, packages at my door every single day because it makes you feel important, you know? Like if a brand reaches out to you and they're like, hey, we want to send you $500 worth of free clothing, you feel seen, you feel appreciated, especially if it's a brand that, you know, maybe you knew about before you started your influencer journey. Yes, influencers get so much stuff for free. And realistically, once you have a good enough following with good enough engagement, you seriously can DM almost any business, especially small businesses, and get things for free, like very, very easily. Um, I talked about how I recently cut off my PR and you know, I still work with a couple brands, bathing suit brands, Beam, obviously, and then what else? Oh, Elias Jewelry, because I love the woman who runs that company. But other than that, I don't really accept PR because it does have tax implications and it's not super sustainable. There was a period in my life where I was getting packages, multiple packages a week, and it was just kind of piling up. And it's not like These were items that I didn't want or didn't ask for. It was more so that I didn't need them. Like, I I am by no means a minimalist, but I definitely am not the type of person who needs to have hundreds of hundreds of items of clothing. And for me, it's like very, like, I don't know. I just see the environmental side and how unsustainable it is to be getting PR all the time. But to answer your question, yes, influencers can get borderline anything they want for free. Which brings me to my next question is, do influencers get surgeries, cosmetic work, or other body altering things for free? Yes. I'm not saying every influencer does this, but from my experience and a handful of people that I'm friends with, Botox, free. Microneedling, free. My LASIK was free. And they're all brand deals. So when I, I'll I'll tell you how I navigated my LASIK situation. So I went in for a consultation and I asked like, hey, do you guys ever work with influencers? I would love to talk about Bloomberg because I have a strong um, presence in like Ohio. I have a strong female following in Ohio. And I asked them, I was like, hey, like I'd love to maybe post about my surgery in return for like discounted services. And they ended up completely comping the price of my surgery in return for blank posts, whatever, whatever. Um, Also, hair 
you know how a lot of influencers have like the really long extensions that probably cost like a thousand dollars to get done? probably more i'm in ohio so prices are so cheap here but like the la influencers with the 24 inch extensions and beautiful blonde hair that they get done like every month they're probably getting it done for free like everyone who goes to hair by chrissy i would be shocked if they're paying i guarantee that that is a collaboration and there's a difference between collaborations and brand deals for example a brand deal is usually a brand paying you to promote a product but a collaboration is usually you getting a service or a product depending on the brand and promoting it for free but it's not really it's not really like you're not getting anything it's you know what I'm saying it's like okay I I'm going to promote microneedling because I'm getting that service for free, but in return, I'm promoting it for the brand, but the brand isn't paying me on top of giving me the free services. I hope that makes sense. So yes, influencers seriously, especially with bigger platforms, and I'm talking like bigger platforms than me, can get clothing, trips, cosmetic work, hair, Botox, everything, life. I mean, like I've seen people get free mattresses, free items for their house. Like seriously, like influencers can get almost anything in their life for free. And do we deserve that? Honestly, probably not. If I'm keeping it real, I'm like, yeah, I will do a brand deal or a collab and get an item for free and promote it and do the best I can to support that business. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, do we deserve to be getting this stuff for free? I don't know. And that's one of the big problems that I have with PR and why I have severely cut off my PR is because I, maybe it's like a, what do they call it? What's it called? Imposter syndrome. (laughs) You know, it's like, do I deserve to be getting these items when other people are probably doing more. I don't know. I don't know. So yes, basically, long story short, influencers get a lot of things for free. If you see an unboxing, that's like free stuff that they might even be getting post like paid to post about. So yes, it is, it is pretty crazy how much stuff and the vast array of items from living to clothing to cosmetics like like seriously you would be shocked even as someone in the fitness space I will say I have friends in the lifestyle space and the brand deals that they get are so incredible like it's really crazy I love fitness I love working out But I am slowly transitioning my accounts into lifestyle accounts because there's more longevity and the brand deals are better. And I just feel like as I age, I just want to have like that freedom to be able to post about my life and moving and doing things like that and not be super tied down into like the fitness box. I will give that as a tip if you're starting out. If you're making a fitness account, just know 
your brand deals are going to be in the fitness space. I mean, I've seen a bunch of us work with Princess Polly, but the odds that you get to work with like Revolve or I don't know, like Steve Madden, it's just probably not going to happen because you're in the fitness space, which is why I think being a lifestyle slash wellness influencer has a lot more perks than being a straight fitness influencer. But personally, fitness is a huge passion of mine. So that's a trade-off that I'm like willing to take. And I am going to slowly start working in some more lifestyle content, which some of you have picked up on. I've gotten some DMs. Some of you have picked up on it. But let's move on to the next question. Sorry, that was such a long, like winded answer. Okay, the next question Is it stressful or is it low-key easy to be an influencer? Okay, you know, I don't bullshit you guys. It's low-key easy. It's really... Okay, don't get... Don't get my... Don't get me twisted here. It can be stressful some days, especially if you know how to monetize your business or your, your accounts into businesses. So, for example, when I was working on defining active, building up all of that stuff, and still managing defining active, everything with that, that shit is not easy. But the day-to-day life of creating content, I'm going to keep it real with you. It's, it is easy. It's not, it's not like this like challenging, crazy thing. It's like we go to the gym, we record our workout, we film it, I would say it's more time-consuming than difficult and a big part of that is because a lot of what you see posted is just our lives, you know? It's like we just record what we do in a day and edit it all and share it. I would say it's very time-consuming, but it's not incredibly challenging. It's not, in my opinion, incredibly stressful on a day-to-day basis, but when you turn your accounts and your personal like brand into an actual brand or into an actual business, that's when it can get really stressful and really challenging. Next question, if you were to end your career as an influencer, how would you do it? That is such an interesting question. Um, honestly, if I were going to end my career as an influencer, I would probably just go AWOL. I would probably just stop posting and I would probably just post like a goodbye post and be like, bye, I'll see you never. I think that someone, someone recently did this. I think his name is Hayden. I don't know his last name, but I'm pretty sure he works with Alani New. He posted a picture, like a screenshot, I think of his screen time and talked about in the caption how it's taking away from his like quality of life with his son and his family, things like that. And he just said bye and he just hasn't been on since and that man's had like hundreds of thousands of followers so I guess pretty much that's what I would do I would just post a adios post and then never go on again all right next question do you reach out to brands or do they reach out to you how much does it cost to have an agent all right this is a loaded question for me personally I do not reach out to brands. I haven't reached out to brands in the past except for gifted collaborations, for example, bikini companies. I'm trying to, like, honestly, I think bikini companies are the only people I've ever reached out to, but that is going to change because 
I've had this weird complex that I'm like, well, if the brand actually wanted to work with me, they would reach out to me. And I talked to a bunch of people and they're like, girly, no, like you got to pitch yourself. So I'm going to get started on that. I'm going to start working on that, you know, a little bit late to the game. I mean, I'm two years in and I've never really pitched myself to a brand, but they will reach out. I encourage everyone to have an email in their bio, whether it's linked or just typed out and have it be pretty obvious that it's an email for brand deals. So mine is management at definingactive.com. So it has management in the title. So when brands see it, they're like, oh, I know to contact that email if I want to work with this influencer. So that's a big tip that I would give is like, make sure that you have an email. If you, if you're wondering why have I never gotten a collaboration? Why does no one ever reach out to me? They're not going to slide into your DMs most of the time. They want to communicate via email. Put an email in your bio. Make sure it's linked. Make sure it's very obvious that it's a management email, a good way to contact you. Now, the second part of the question was, how much does an agent cost? If you have me on Snapchat or if you've been around for a while, you know that I signed a three-month, was it two or three-month contract with an agency shine influencers I think it was called and like no shade to shine I'm sure that they help out their influencers whatever whatever but I signed a two-month contract with them and they brought me zero brand deals like I'm talking zero and I was forwarding them like like multiple multiple emails a week I was sending them a lot of emails and part of the contract that you sign when you join an agency or even when you're doing a trial with an agency like I was is a section of the contract that says the influencer will not accept brand deals that are not like through the agent. Basically, like when I signed a two or three, I think it was three months, a three month deal with Shine, not only did they not bring me any brand deals, but I was not allowed to sign any brand deals on my own. Everything had to go through Shine for that three month period and they ended up converting zero. So, how do agencies make the money? Agencies typically take a percentage of your brand deal. So, you don't pay your agency on like a daily, monthly basis. If the influence, if the agency brings you a brand deal and the brand deal is worth $10,000, the agency takes 20% of that and you only get and the agency gets to keep $2,000. Does that make sense? I would say 20%, anywhere from 10 to 20% is like pretty industry standard. And I personally have had very freaking bad luck trying to find an agency. I don't know. It definitely hasn't been like a successful search for me yet, but I'll keep you guys updated if that changes. But agencies do not cost any money. They just take a percentage of your brand deal. Which leads me to my next question. What was your biggest collaboration and how much money do influencers actually make? Okay, guys, I know this is the part of the episode that you've been waiting for. And here's the drama. Here's the tea. Part one of the question, what was your biggest collaboration? 
My biggest collaboration was $25,000 for four TikToks, which is fucking insane. That's, it's seriously, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. I haven't gotten a brand deal that big since. I'm not going to mention the brand, but it's, and only two of those TikToks had to be posted to my account. The other two were for them to post on their account. So I, and I, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say the name of the brand because I don't think I can, but it took me probably an hour to film the content and another half hour to edit the content. I would say start to finish, it took me two hours to make those four TikToks. And fortunately, this brand was so chill and they didn't have like any of these crazy like edits that needed to be made. So start to finish, two hours of work, $25,000. It's like sickening to think about, honestly. And for me, that was like a number that I haven't touched since. Like I've never gotten an email since being like, hey, we're gonna pay you 25 grand. You know what I mean? But that was like a rare instance for me. But I do know people in the lifestyle and in the fitness space who regularly make that much money, like month to month. Which brings me to the second part of the question. How much money do influencers actually make? Here's the situation. It's different for every influencer. I would say that having graduated college with a degree in business has helped me more than anything else. If you have a strong following, a cult following, if you will, like I do with you guys, we have a good strong community, you can make good money off brand deals. But the average person, even with someone with like, like the amount of followers that I have, like, can't just live off of the TikToks that we make for brand deals or the Instagram posts done for brand deals. And so for transparency, in December, I made a little over $35,000 just doing brand deals. In January, I made $0 doing brand deals. In February, which is this will be posted on like the end of February, I made $2,000 in brand deals. So every month is super, super different. And every influencer's income is very very different. But back to the business degree that I mentioned. If you know how to monetize yourself in unique, strategic ways, you can make a fuck ton of money being an influencer with a much smaller following than you'd think. For example, I have friends in the space who have pretty much the same demographics as me, the same engagement, same amount of followers, and they are not making nearly as much money as I am making because they're only relying on brand deals. The big bucks come in when you turn your, I call it like your personal brand, like my accounts, Defining Fitness, that's my personal brand. But when you turn those into an actual brand, 
that's where the real money starts to come in. For example, defining active. And then I also have my personal training in person and online. I also have my monthly subscription program. There's a lot of moving parts. And if you know how to strategically monetize without being one of those people who's constantly selling your followers things, you can make a lot of money. I, out of full transparency, I am making well over six figures a year and I'm living very comfortably, but I also have no freaking expenses right now. My rent in Ohio is $250 a month. I don't have a car payment. I only have my phone, my phone bill, my car insurance, and my health insurance. Other than that, I have pretty much no expenses because my rent is $250 a month, which is a big reason of why I travel so much and why I can afford to do things. But a lot of other influencers with the same demographics as me are making much less than that. But I have friends who have the same engagement as me making like more money than you could ever fucking believe. I'm talking well over 500000 a year. It's... It's mind-blowing. It's truly, it's it's really, really crazy. And I think this is another part of where imposter syndrome can come in because I know how much money I'm making. I know how much brands are willing to pay me. I know how much I'm monetizing myself. And there are teachers, firefighters, Doctors, people working jobs from 9 to 5 or 6 to 10 crazy hours grinding so hard for us who are making a quarter of the amount of money or just way less money than the average influencer is making. It's it's really, really crazy to think about. And... I don't know. I have I have a lot of self-awareness. When I think about especially some of my friends because I have a very open relationship with all my influencer friends about money. I talk to everyone. I give them specific numbers. I'm like, what's going on on your end financially? That way it kind of like helps everyone keep each other accountable, you know, make sure that we're not undercharging or overcharging or I guess there's no such thing as overcharging if the brand will pay it, but It's good to have pay transparency and I have friends who are getting like, like close to touching a million dollars a year and they're, they're not even monetizing themselves to like the max extent. These are people who don't have all of these other businesses that they've started. It's literally just from commission codes, brand deals. It's insane. It's really insane. So if you're thinking to yourself, next time you're scrolling, you're like, oh my God, like how does, how do these influencers travel so much? How do they afford to do these things? It's because we are making a sickening amount of money that no one talks about. And I think it's because low key, we all know we don't fucking deserve to be making this much money. If you're an influencer, yes, there is a lot of hard work that goes in, but you got fucking lucky. I can acknowledge that a lot of my success has come from hard work, but a lot of it has come from luck and entering the industry at the right time. 
For example, I was on TikTok before quarantine. I already had close to 100,000 followers before quarantine even happened. And then TikTok blew up everything on quarantine. Like everything just, it just changed my life, you know? So a lot of it is like hard work, yeah. I'm not going to discredit myself. I'm not going to discredit my peers. But a lot of it is freaking luck. And that's why I tell everyone, if you have ever considered being an influencer, you need to start. Which brings me to my next question. How did you start posting and how did you get over the anxiety of people you know seeing your content? This question, guys, for real. When I started my fitness account, I literally got bullied. I kid you not. My shit was sent around in all the group chats. I'm talking like 20 likes on a post and like 70 shares. You know? You know when that happens? Exactly. I remember, what was it? I think it was summer between my sophomore and junior year of college. I was back home in my hometown. I'm at a pool party and I'm like literally just minding my own freaking business and all like the little immature boys from my high school start like chanting defining fitness at me and this is when I only had like 2,000 followers so I feel like people were kind of like roasting me for being like trying to be an influencer I like I'm not kidding like I was getting fucking roasted people were like oh my god uh, defining fitness like they like I would be having a conversation with someone and they would be like defining fitness like and say it in a voice that was just like literally mocking what I do well jokes on them because I stayed true to myself I continued to post content and it fucking changed my life and that's all I'm gonna say about that so here's the situation if you are nervous to start because you think that the people in your life are going to judge you I'm gonna be real with you they are going to judge you They're not going to welcome it with open arms. I mean, some of your best friends might, but people are going to judge you. And then once it starts working and you start signing five, six figure brand deals, people are going to regret mocking you. I can assure you of that. I think part of it for me too was that I was posting content. You guys know my content. It's like, I keep it real. I post the unposed photos. I post photos of my acne. I I'm, I wasn't trying to be like this like sexy fitness influencer. And I think that a lot of my internal anxiety came from the fact that people I knew were seeing my real raw unedited photos. And I loved when people I didn't know saw them because I knew it inspired them and made them feel safe but when people I knew especially boys saw them I was like cringing thinking about them ever even just like looking at that content so I'm gonna be real if you are nervous to enter the influencer space because you think people are going to judge you they are going to judge you you have to be stronger than that I had a whole whole entire year of a fitness account with only a thousand followers getting what I don't know like 100 200 likes a whole year of that 
before I saw any type of growth. Okay? So you're going to have to buckle down for a year, maybe less if you get lucky. Accept that people are going to talk about you, you know? And it's going to happen. But that's okay because you're going to be successful. It just takes time. Which brings me to my next question. What are your major tips for growth and how long did it take for you to start being successful in this space and start getting brand deals? Okay. The industry right now is very, very saturated. And it's not so saturated that you can't get in still. But I will say it's harder to start growing if you're getting in right now. Like I mentioned... I had some good freaking timing when I entered the influencer industry. I just did air quotes. I got on TikTok before quarantine happened. I had my fitness account on Instagram before quarantine happened. And quarantine was a huge pivotal situation for everyone because that's when TikTok became a thing. And I remember I had... hmm maybe like 100k on TikTok and I got a DM from a like a random artist. It was like a random SoundCloud guy and he was like, hey, I want to pay you $50 to use my song in your TikTok and I remember being so shook because this was the first time I was ever offered money for a video and I was like, is this a scam? I was like, what's going on? Like, why would someone pay me to use their song? So I respond, I'm like, is this like one of those like scam things? Like, do you need my bank information? He's like, no, like seriously, I've already worked with a couple other people. He sent their ads. I'm like, I check them out. It all checks out. It looks normal. I'm like, okay. He's like, send me your PayPal. I'll pay you. Use my song. So I get $50 in my PayPal. I'm like, bet. First time. I guess that was my first ever brand deal, even though it wasn't a brand. It was just a random guy on SoundCloud. And... He PayPals me $50. I post a video to his song. The video gets literally like 500,000 views. And I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, like $50. And that man's got 500,000 listens on on his song. You know what I mean? So it's pretty crazy to think like how far brand deals have come especially on TikTok because I don't know I remember being so beyond shook when I got that message offering me $50 for a video and I was like oh my god like I could make money doing this and then TikTok introduced the TikTok creator fund which I was in and it plummeted my views so I got out and then I joined again and I am currently in the TikTok creator fund I would say I average, it's hard, it's hard to create an average because every month is so stinking different. I would say I average though around $1,000 a month from the TikTok creator fund and TikTok pays you out directly to your PayPal. It's an immediate payout, but here's the situation and that's what we're going to talk about next. Payouts for brand deals are not the smoothest situation. So for TikTok... I think it's a two-month difference, but on the first of every month, I can cash out the money from two months prior. So on March 1st, I will be able to cash out 
all the money from the views that I got in January. And then in April, I'll be able to cash out from the views I got in February. So it's delayed, but not as delayed as the average brand deal. Guys, I did a brand, I'm not going to mention the company. I did a brand deal in December and I still have not gotten paid yet. If you are thinking that you're going to become an influencer and do $20,000 of brand deals a month and get paid every month $20,000, it's just not going to happen. And it'll probably take a few months to actually get paid for those brand deals. So for for example, for one of like the big ones, the big one I told you about, the 25k one, that was almost 3 months ago and I just got paid in the past week. <laughs> so it's it's just pretty crazy. Like the the brands send you contracts and the contracts you can negotiate. If you're smart, you'll negotiate a lower pay period. So if the brand is like, we're going to pay you net 90, which is sometime like within 90 days after receiving your content, you should probably try to negotiate that down to like net 30, net 60 max, max, max. But it's crazy. Like I wasn't expecting, no one told me that some of the biggest brand deals I would get, some of the biggest brand deals I would do, I wouldn't get paid for three months. So it is, it's, it's pretty hard to make sure that everything stays consistent. And like I said, no month is the same. In January of this year, I made probably $5,000 total off of not even brand deals. I'm talking like just like work, like selling guides, things like that. And I mean, I guess I could live off $5,000 a month right now in Ohio, but anywhere else in the world, I couldn't. So even with like my size platform, there are good months and there are bad months. Next question, how do commission codes work and why is everyone always saying shop through my code? (laughs) Okay, guys. So when you work with a brand, depending on what type of partnership you're doing, they will give you a code. Prime example here, I'm going to say my partnership with Beam, the supplement company, they gave me a code. The code is defining you guys use the code DEFINING at checkout, you get 10% off, and I get 15%, I think it's 15, I really can't remember, I get 15% of however much money you spend. So, if you spend $100, I make 15 because you used my code. Does that make sense? Okay, but Not every code is a commission code. For example, my code with bun bands, the resistance band, barbell pad, ankle strap company, my code with them, my code with Elias Jewelry, those are not commission codes. Those are just discount codes. And I like to be as transparent as I can with you guys about which codes are commission versus just discount. And my Kulani Kini, like the the bathing suit brand, I'm pretty sure that one's just, I don't know how to get commission out of that. So I'm pretty sure that's just a discount code for you guys. But 
people want you to shop for the most part through their code because they're making commission. I I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some tea here. There is a popular activewear brand and I know of someone who made close to $20,000 in commission in one month from one drop of this activewear brand. That's why people are like, use my code, use my code. Even if it only gets you free shipping or only 10% off, which is, you know, better than nothing. But we can make really good money off commission codes. Another thing that I personally am not super involved in is Amazon storefronts and like Amazon influencer, which anyone can do. And so there's a TikToker. I don't even know. I think Lauren Wolf is her name. Um, she She's like super well known for finding these Amazon products and she has an Amazon storefront. Every time you shop through her Amazon storefront or if you see a TikTok and everyone's like, I linked everything on Amazon in my bio. Every item gives them commission. So just, just be careful of, you know, who you're supporting and whose codes you're using because it really does add up, you know? It's like, I even even with Beam, like if you guys don't want to use my code because you would rather that money go to a smaller creator, that is totally fine with me. Like help out the people that you genuinely support and just remember that a lot of people are making a lot of money and not everyone's going to be super transparent. So they might be like tr- like linking things on their story. So for example, If I link a pair of shoes on my story and the link says r.styleme, that means that that creator linked it through like to know it. And like to know it gives you commission on every sale using your link. I hope that makes sense. I feel like I'm rambling right now, so I'm going to go on to the next question. But just know that The reason people push codes is because they can really make a lot of money. I have a friend in the space who doesn't really have like a supplemental like business aspect, but she makes well over six figures off commission alone per year. It's, it's mind blowing. It really is. All right, guys, next question. How big is your team and how many people work with you? So I currently have, okay, again, Every influencer's answer is going to be different to this question, but I personally have three employees right now and there was a fourth, but she, I had to fire her. She does not work with me anymore. Um, but I also have an accountant, a legal team with two different types of lawyers and a team of financial managers. I am a big Capricorn energy type of gal I want to do everything myself. I want to be in charge of everything in my life. And as my businesses started to grow, I had to kind of accept the fact that I I needed help. I needed professional help and I needed lawyers. I needed financial planners. I needed an accountant, things like that. Things that I am not trained to handle myself. So I have three part-time employees right now. I have uh, people helping me with my social media. I have people who help me in person when launches happen. 
things like that. So I currently have a team, I guess, of hmm, three, four, five, six, seven, almost eight people all around. But I know some influencers who have a lot more than that. And I also know influencers who don't have anyone else on their team. They're just doing everything, which is awesome. But for me, I knew that I needed specifically the professional help for the business management side. Okay, next question is at what point do you start making money and can micro-influencers actually make money? Okay, so I, I kind of touched on this. I told you about my first brand deal that I ever did and the $50 PayPal and I would say I didn't start making real money until I had over 50k on Instagram but that's not to say that you can't do it with less. The rise of micro-influencers is among us. However, I be seeing TikToks from micro-influencers that are like, how much money I made this month as a micro-influencer? And they're making like over 10k a month. And honestly, if they are, good for them. Teach me your ways, homegirl. But for me, there are months that I don't even make 10k as a macro. Am I macro? I don't know like the actual definition, but as like an actual influencer. Um, But there are other months that I'm making over 50k you know what I mean so it all balances out but if you are a very small account and you're a quote micro influencer you can start making money at any point you just need to know how to make high quality content and how to pitch yourself to brands so look into making kind of what's it called oh my gosh I forget what it's called like a media sheet Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called, but basically it has your demographics, it has your following, a little bit about you, and you can send it to brands and they can look at it and decide if they want to work with you. If I were a micro-influencer and I was starting out right now, I would pitch myself to every single brand. I mean, why the heck not? Why not? My other major, major tip is if you are trying to get into the influencer space and you're not using TikTok right now, you might as well not even be trying to be an influencer. Reels on Instagram have helped the process of organically growing accounts, but TikTok is where you need to be if you're trying to grow your Instagram because the crossover from TikTok is more than you would would ever imagine. I have found that followers that you gain from Instagram Reels are not very active. But the crossover followers that find you on TikTok, take time to go to your Instagram and then follow you on there are very, very active. So you might have an Instagram Reels that goes viral. You gain 5,000 followers, but you're like, why am I not gaining 5,000 likes? Personally, in my experience, gaining followers from Instagram Reels are not as engaged as gaining followers from TikTok. So that's just a little tip I have. Also, another tip, make sure you have, you know, and this this is just a tip that I find works for me, has worked for a lot of people. Try to have the same username on every single platform. So if your name, I'm just using like a random name. If your name is like Joe Mo Fitness, 
on Instagram. And then on TikTok, it's like JM fit. People aren't going to have that mental connection that it's the same account. So I would recommend keeping the same username on all your platforms. It just builds personal brand recognition. You know, I, I always talk about personal brand. It's how people view you. It doesn't, it's not like a business or whatever. It's just how people view you, what they associate with you. It's your personal brand. So branding yourself, an easy way to do that is to keep the same username on every single platform. All right. This question kind of threw me off, but the next question is, Is it true that influencers will only hang out with other influencers who have 15% more or 15% less followers than them? So basically, is it true that influencers only hang out with other influencers who are the same sizes, like pretty much have the same size accounts as them? For me and my experience, this is not true, but I'm wondering where this person heard this. I have no idea. I personally, I could care less. Like, I've met up with people who have literally 10,000 followers. I've met up with people who have 2,000 followers. I've met up with people who have over 500,000 followers. To me, I don't know. It's like the number doesn't fucking matter. I think that people get really caught up in the number, especially nowadays. I mean, that's, it does, it, it determines a lot. It determines your pricing. It determines how much money you make. If you're out in LA, it determ- it determines your social status. There are literal events in LA that you have to show your f- social accounts at the door to even like get considered to be let in. And if you don't have a sh- like a f- big following, like bye, go home, which is crazy to me. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that that brings me to my next question. Do influencers actually buy likes and buy followers and why do some influencers hide their likes? Okay, again, I'm just speaking on personal experience. I know that there are influencers who buy their likes, buy their followers, and I guess it makes them look more desirable to brands. But here's something I've noticed. If you are getting 100,000 likes and you're only getting 60 comments, that's a little bit sus. You know what I mean? I have, I've been following some people and, you know, I don't know. I obviously I'm just speculating, but if you are getting well over 50,000 likes and you're only getting 50 comments, that's a little, for me as a brand, as a business owner, red flag, I would not work with that person. Um, Also, hiding likes Instagram has recently introduced the feature where we can hide how many likes we get. And guys, I I kind of like used to use it a little bit. If a post of mine did not get over 10k likes, I would hide the likes. And then I started talking to people and they were like, okay girl, if you hide the likes on just some posts and not all of them, it's like sus. It like it like looks like weird. You know what I mean? I think that it's some people hide all of their likes maybe because they have low engagement, but some people probably genuinely do it because they don't give a fuck about the numbers and they're sec- they're in locked in brand deals to the point where the amount of likes they get doesn't really matter 
for me, I'm still like always looking for brand deals. I'm looking to expand the brands I work with, things like that. So I keep my likes on so that brands can see my engagement and see everything. And I used to, I like used to like hide how many likes I got on posts that didn't do well because I was like embarrassed, but like embarrassed for what? Like pull yourself together. So I don't do that anymore. And I just let them hang free what it sounds like I'm like talking about like something weird but yeah I just I don't do that anymore but I have friends who will hide the likes if a post doesn't do well or they just hide the likes because they don't love like having that number in their face all the time or they just really genuinely don't care about the engagement aspect because they are doing well enough financially I guess I mean that's that's the only reason I could really think Okay guys, next question. Do people around you get tired of always having a camera around? Okay, for me personally, I don't vlog my day-to-day life as much as I probably should. I want to get more into that, but I'm also dating someone who is so freaking patient and like supports what I do 100%. I will say that if I am around a group of people and I get like this TikTok idea, I try, I like don't want to film it in front of them because I'm like scared that they're going to get annoyed that I have my camera out. You know what I mean? And especially when it's non-influencers, you're like, uh, because Loki, they, you know, not everybody understands like the process of creating content and everything like that. But I would say if I go on a trip and there's, a bunch of other influencers around me everyone has their cameras out all the time like people are just like it's just expected you know what I mean no one gets upset about it like you can walk up if for example if you went to like the gym alpha land in Texas I guarantee everyone there has a camera and it's like it's because you're surrounding yourself with people who are all doing the same thing so if I were to take my vlogging camera on a trip with my non-influencer friends one I have really like good like genuine friends so I don't think they would get annoyed or like tired of having the camera around but like two most of the time influencers travel with each other and so it's like okay you shoot this content for me I'll shoot it for you I think there's kind of a like a mutual understanding that it's how we make money it's our jobs now so I don't really care if people get upset if there's a camera around because that's how I'm paying my bills, you know what I mean? And I think that's how when you're on like a influencer trip or whatever. So when I was on like the beam retreat, everyone was vlogging that event and there was just a mutual understanding. It wasn't weird. It wasn't like, oh my God, like put your camera down. It was like, oh, get this too. Get the, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a mutual understanding that content is our jobs. So no one really gets upset about it. Okay, this has been like the the most loaded episode ever I feel like I feel like I've been rambling but I hope that I answered some questions that you guys had but in conclusion my biggest tip is that if you want to be an influencer and you want to do this full time and have it be your job you need to be willing to be more than a content creator you need to have a business mindset and think of unique ways that you can monetize yourself and your image and your accounts to the fullest extent 
Because if you're just relying on brand deals, it's a very inconsistent stream of income. You know, if you're trying to break into this industry, you're probably going to get judged at first. And you gotta, you gotta be willing to accept that. And just know, it will be worth it. So this is your sign if you have ever thought about it. Maybe you made an account and then you deleted it because you got too embarrassed. Bring it back, baby. It's time. This shit could literally change your life. It changed my life. I have freedom to do anything I want on a day-to-day basis because I'm not tied down to a nine-to-five like I thought I was going to be after graduating college. And it's all because I hustled for a year, got bullied for a year, and grinded and made it work. So just know that it's not this crazy, unachievable thing. I truly believe anyone can become an influencer. You just have to be willing to put in that first year of grinding or maybe two years, maybe three years. But your big break will come and it will be so freaking worth it. So some of my biggest tips, keep the same username on all your platforms. Market yourself to brands. Post consistently and post high quality content. I'm talking natural lighting, keep the same color schemes, make it look good. As a brand owner, I get messages from influencers like, hey, you want to collab? I go to their account. If their feed looks like shit, like I'm not even going to like consider it. You know what I mean? Make your content look good. Put in the hours in the beginning and it will be worth it long term. Think of unique ways that you could monetize yourself, you know? Think of ways that you can make money that's more than just posting content. Starting a brand. Using your platforms to create something so much bigger than just TikTok videos. Be kind to other people in the industry. Collaborate with people and understand that not all of those collaborations are going to result in long-term friendships. Just because you're making the same type of content as someone else in your space, just because you have similar fan bases, doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily get along and be besties. And that's okay. Try not to burn bridges and move forward. Again, be consistent on every platform that you have. That being said, make sure that you have accounts on every platform possible. Guys, I'm currently rocking with YouTube, Snapchat, podcast. What do I have? Like four Instagram accounts at this point. TikTok, a website. You gotta, you gotta be on top of it. You really do. You can't just have an Instagram account and expect that you're going to be massively successful. I mean, of course, some people get lucky, but play the field, okay? Because like you've seen, you could post a video on Instagram Reels and it could get 2,000 views. You could post the same video on TikTok and it could get 10 million views. That's literally happened to me before. And playing the field, posting your content on every possible outlet, even YouTube shorts. It's like you got to be aware on what's going on in the industry and you got to keep your guard up, okay? Don't just accept PR because it makes you feel special. Be selective about who, what brands you work with, especially as your accounts grow, because it will build authenticity 
with your audience, you know? Like, you guys would not trust anything I said if every week I was like, oh my god, another package, you have to try this, you know what I mean? So I would rather, like, promote products I really believe in and have you guys trust me than get packages every single week. Stay safe out there, keep your guard up, be friendly. It's a business. At the end of the day, yeah, you're making content, yeah, you're making cool videos, yeah, a lot of us are getting just literally paid to live our lives, but at the end of the day, it's a business. So keep your head down and grind for that first year, six months, four years, however long it takes for your accounts to take off. But I promise your day will come. And if you've been in this for like a year now and you're like, holy fuck, why are none of my accounts growing? It's time to change. It's time to change something. Film in different lighting. Change up your style. If you've been posting the same style content for a year and it's not working, one, it's time to branch out into different outlets. Maybe try YouTube shorts. Try Triller. Try, you know, you have options. If Instagram's not working for you, try TikTok. Make your content look good, but be authentic to yourself. When I started my accounts, I knew I wanted a huge part of my content to be body confidence and embracing your body at its worst angles and with acne and all the, quote, flaws that we have. I knew that's something I wanted to do. And for the first year of my account, only having a thousand followers and getting bullied by people from my hometown I didn't I didn't back away from my original mission so just like just know that you have to be authentic in your content because if I had changed my content style and became uh, an, I don't know like a fitness baddie and only posted like the pose like gorgeous booty popping pictures my audience would be very different I would have a male following I wouldn't have my 98% female following like I have right now. You know what I mean? So figure out what your why is. Figure out why you want to become a content creator. And honestly, if your why right now is because I want to make some money, that's fine, girl. That's fine. But make sure that you're not fronting on people. Make sure you're not fake in your content, okay? Because people will see right through it. So figure out what content you're the most passionate about. And be consistent with it. Take your time and don't get discouraged. Your time will come. It took me a year and a half to see any type of traction on my accounts. And now this is my full-time job. So don't give up. And this is your sign. If you have been considering starting your journey as an influencer, you have to freaking start, babe. The time is now. I'm serious. Anyone can do this. It just takes a lot of grind, a little bit of luck, and consistency. But you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I promise. And I'm on your team always. So if you guys need any help with anything, please, please reach out to me. I'm here for you. Okay? That is the end of today's episode. And wow, that was a loaded, loaded ep. I tried to answer all the juiciest questions and be as transparent with y'all as I could. And maybe I said too much. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't say enough. If you have more questions on this topic, feel free to DM me. But I really tried to be as transparent as 
possible with you guys on some topics that I freaking wish I heard the answers to when I started out or when I was considering starting out. So just know, if I can do it, you can do it. There's space in this industry for everyone. You can change your life if you start posting content. So why not do it, okay? All right, babe, if you need anything, reach out. That is all for today. I love you all. Seriously, have the best day ever. Thanks for listening.